Uh, if you would please turn with me in the in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to read a verse that um, comes up often at Christmas. And we're going to zero in on one of the words in this verse. So Isaiah chapter 9. If you would look there with me. And if you happen to not have a Bible with you this morning, there should be one in the uh, underneath the chair in front of you. But everybody's going to need a Bible. We'll be turning and looking at different passages this morning. But we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. The scripture here says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The scripture here says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now we know this verse is speaking of Messiah, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, we know, has existed, the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting. He's had no beginning, and He'll have no end. And so that's why the Scripture says a child was born, but a son that preexisted that physical body was given. And so here we know um, in a couple chapters before this, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about how He would be born of a virgin. And um, so here we've seen here that a child is born, a son is given. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. So there is coming a day in which Jesus Christ will reign and rule on this earth. And uh, the government will be upon his shoulder. Um, So until then, it's pretty much going to be a mess. Does that help you? Okay. Um, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace. The word I want to look at this morning, the title of Christ that I want us to see, is that He is the Counselor. He is the Counselor. Now, people in our day get counsel for many things. And it can be something as simple as going in to get counsel or advice on how to do your job better, how to work this computer program better. And it can range anywhere from that to, uh, you know, uh, a, a an ongoing counseling session that somebody goes to. Um, but I like what man, one man said. He says this, that the Lord Jesus Christ, He has been the counselor since the very first man had the very first problem. He has never given advice that was not perfect. He is a counselor who never met with a patient that he did not sincerely love. And as you think about this, what counselor today could you go to and tell them every single problem that you have and this person know every nitty-gritty detail of your life and still have them care about you and love you with an infinite love and be willing to die for you? There's only one counselor like that, and it's Jesus Christ. Um, just to throw this in, it's funny. Um, you know, you... These two guys were in a psych ward, since we're talking about counseling. Um, these two guys were in a psych ward, and the one was coming down the hall in his wheelchair, and the other guy was coming from the other way, holding up his walking cane and saying, Part! 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 And the guy in the wheelchair looked at him, and he said, What are you doing? And he said, I'm Moses, and God told me to part the Red Sea. And the guy in the wheelchair looked at him and said, No, I did not. That's why they were in the psych ward. That one was for you, Jay. Like that. 
We're going to answer four questions this morning about the counselor. Four questions that we're going to examine from the scriptures. The first one, who is this counselor? Who is this counselor? We've already identified from the text that it's the child that's born. It's the son who is given. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. In the context of this verse, who is this counselor? Well, first of all, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Now, we have the tendency to overuse words like awesome, wonderful. When you think about being full of wonder, we have an infinite, eternal God that will forever keep you at a wonder. He's wonderful. This counselor, he says not only is he wonderful, he's the mighty God. He's the mighty God. The Bible calls him Almighty God. He is completely all-powerful. He is, the Bible calls him, higher than the highest. So you think about the most powerful person, the most intelligent person, the person with the most authority, and Jesus Christ is higher. He is able to not only counsel, but he is able to help us with life's most difficult issues. He is the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. The everlasting Father. Now, um, I'm sure in our day that many people that get into trouble or get into situations, um, let me ask you this. Have you ever, and don't raise your hand to it, but just think in your own mind. Have you ever come across somebody that has issues in their life? There are things that they're getting in trouble for. And they say, well, it's because my mom, X, Y, Z. It's because my dad, da, 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 da. You know, I became an axe murderer because my dad didn't get me a puppy when I was four. And I will, you know. Now, here's the deal. There may be people in here that were legitimately mistreated or legitimately uh, didn't have a great earthly father or mother. But as a believer, you know who you have as a father? The everlasting father. The God who from all eternity has never made a mistake in your life. The God who is from everlasting has always done things for you to bring himself glory and to bring you just closer to himself. Um, that's the type of counselor that we have. And here's the deal. If you have the most wonderful father on the earth, He's still not the everlasting father. The, the, and then not only is he the everlasting father, he's the prince of peace. Do you know how many people today seek and, and, and they, they try to get counsel because they're not at peace? And the Bible calls Jesus Christ the prince of peace. Jesus Christ is so the prince of peace that I want you to think about this. Think right now about how messed up the world situation is, okay? It's so messed up politically. It's so messed up with factions and divisions. I mean, do you really think all those guys at the UN are really going to bring about world peace? But think about this. Jesus Christ is so powerful that when he comes back, he is able to write all of it. Every people group, every national leader, he's going to take care of it because he's the prince of peace. He is so powerful that there is coming a day in which he will put all of the world in subjection unto him. The Bible says he will rule with a rod of iron. He is able to do that. If God is able to do that with this world, you know what he can do as the prince of peace in your heart? You know, peace can rule in your heart. 
the Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by uh, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ can bring peace to your heart. So what type of counselor is he? Uh, there are some words in this text, um, but I also want you to see this. Look with me, if you would, at Isaiah. Uh, again, continuing to answer this question, who is this counselor? Look at Isaiah chapter 40, if you would, with me. Isaiah 40, and if you would, look in verse number 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? This counselor that we're looking at this morning is the creator God. You see, um, and the point of this message there may be people who legitimately need help by going to uh, a trained counselor. But the first person we run to ought to be this counselor. It ought to be this everlasting father, this prince of peace. And the scripture here says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. It's the creator God. And so the counselor that we can run to for counsel is the God that understands every law in the universe because he created them. He understands every law of thermodynamics. He understands the laws of mathematics and science. And he understands uh, human physiology. God understands the human conscience, and the human psyche. He created it all. And so that counselor is the one who we can run to. And this just happened this week. Um, how many of you deal with computers throughout your day, your work day? How many of you have ever wanted to throw one out the window, all right, after you kicked it in? <laughs> there are times when you type something in, like you always do, like you've done for the last five days. And you hit the enter button. And all of a sudden, for some reason today, you get the error message. <laughs> Ding. You know, whatever you've got, you know. That comes up. R2-D2. And you're looking at the going, I've done this function a thousand times. Why now? Why today? What changed? What happened? And I kid you not, I think three times this week, I'm sitting there thinking, God in heaven knows exactly what happened with the code or the execution of this program. God understands computer science. He made our brains function and created us in such a way that computer engineers can write code that will break for everybody. I mean, <laughs> but you're thinking, what in the world? What has happened? And God knows. God understands everything. So he says, who hath measured out the waters? Who created? God did. Verse 13. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? So this counselor is one who never, ever needed somebody to teach him something. He has never needed somebody to say, hey, God, let me give you some advice. 
He has never needed someone to step in and say, hey, let me fix this problem for you. He is the only one who has an infinite understanding and is the creator of all things. That is the counselor that we have access to. That is the counselor who we're going to see in a moment wrote his counsel down in a book that we can spend time reading and understanding for free and have it available 24-7. That is the counselor that we're looking at this morning. He's never needed to ask someone for advice. And think about this. Everyone at some point in their life has needed advice. You know Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? I know, next to Tom Brady. (laughs) You know Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, these guys, you think they don't get advice from coaches or from their mentors? You think Peyton Manning's never called his dad and said, Dad, all right, you saw that game, man. Help me out. These elites run for advice. God has never needed to do that. Amazing, simply amazing. God has never been at a loss for what to do. Dads, I know you've been there. <laughs> you know, it, you're on the side of the road, you know, the tire blew out, you don't have the spare, your phone died on the way because you weren't charging it. And some, something has gone so wrong that you come in to the end of yourself and you go, I'm really just at a loss. I think I'm going to go over here and just lay down. <laughs> You teachers, you know, I think I'm just going to get a couch in my room. So when that kid comes in, I just go lay down over there and let them do their own thing. God's never been that way. The, the Bible says of the mighty man, David, right? And Absalom, this is for second Samuel and Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. David, that mighty man of war, that king, he had a counselor. He needed counsel. All of us are like that. Romans eleven thirty three and 34 says this, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? God has never needed to go to someone else and say, listen, let me tell you this problem I've got and see, see if you could help me. He's never been that way. That is the counselor that you and I have as a believer. So that's the kind of counselor. Uh, look with me. You're still here in Isaiah. If you would, what else about this counselor can we find out? Well, verse 25 in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 says this. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest over Israel, uh, My way is hidden, hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, ha- hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. You have a God, you have a counselor available to you that will never get tired of hearing your problems. I mean, there are just days, you know, maybe you have a best friend, maybe you have somebody that you work with and, and they've got these problems, they've got these issues and day after day they bring them to you. And maybe it's something silly, maybe it's something that, that, that is pretty serious. But there, we all reach the end of ourselves where we say, you know what, I just, really, I just really don't want to hear this today. You have a counselor that will never say that to you. 
One that, that will never, as you bring this problem, uh, maybe hour after hour, day after day to God, He never says, what? Oh, really, do you have anything else you can come to me about? Really, I mean, we, we talked about this one already. Okay, remember? He's, he's not wearied with you. Run to Him. You say, I took it to Him, and, and it's still going on. Well, take it to Him again. Because you have a God that will never weary with hearing your problems, hearing your issues. You know, that's, that's so different than the counsel that people in this world run to for. And, and they pay somebody for. And God says, listen, I won't get tired. I won't get weary. I'll hear your story again. He fainteth not, neither is weary. And there's no searching of his understanding. It's, it's past finding out. It's infinite. If you would, look with me in Isaiah chapter 47. Here, there were some of the children of Israel that were running to the wrong places for counsel. And notice what God said it, it did in their lives. Isaiah chapter 47, and if you would look at verse 11. The Lord said, Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth. And mischief shall fall upon thee, and shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored for thy youth. If so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be that thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. And it's amazing as you look at, at human history and you look at different civilizations and what they did to try to get divine wisdom or divine guidance. They might take bones and put them in something and roll them out onto the floor and the formation that they made. You know, they look to that for guidance. Um, and, and it's silly. People today, there are people today that will be more apt to believe a page in the newspaper that has horoscope on it than they are to believe a verse of the Bible. They'll go to that and they'll say, um, you will be met with success. Oh, wow, man. Okay, that's not generic. <laughs> but you show them, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, but they're more prone or apt to look at a horoscope or you know, find out, I'm Gemini or this or that, or, or to be a stargazer and, and try to you know, look for the aligning of the planets. Oh, this comet's coming around. What does that mean? Go out and look, you know, spend billions of dollars on a science project to get a lander on Mars so it can go dark after an hour and say, look for ice crystals. When God's, God's counsel is available... So we looked at who is this counselor? He is the, the mighty God. He, he never wearies with us bringing our problems to him. Number two, what kind of counsel does he give? This counselor, what kind of counsel does he give? Well, if you look, uh, look with me right here, look at Isaiah chapter 46 and look at verse number nine, if you would. The scripture here says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. 
calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. We have a counselor. We have a God that the counsel that he gives us will stand. It's counsel that won't be proven to be false by some discovery a year from now. It is counsel that you can put your money on. You can bank on it that it's going to happen. Um, how many of you have ever had a company policy implemented and it lasted for about a week? Because <laughs> people are going, the, the, the uproar from the peanut gallery, right? Um, I remember, I'll never forget working at Shoney's uh, restaurant when I was in college and uh, down there outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. And man, they made an awesome half pound burger. And down there, I learned what half pound ground round was. That's the way they would order burgers for some reason. But um, working at Shoney's, uh, I was there for about two years. And um, I had been there for at least, I, I want to say this was toward the end of the, my time working there. So I'd probably been working there for about a year and a half. And as a server, we would always take silverware that was rolled up in a, in a napkin and take that. And we would welcome the people uh, to the restaurant, re- welcome the customers. Well, I walk in one day and there's a policy in the back of where the, all the servers were it, on the back wall. And it said that we will no longer be placing napkins on the tables. We, the Shoney's had this corporate policy that they were going to have the customer ask for a napkin and I'm like, you are out of your mind. So as a server, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, that made my job, you know, infinitely more difficult. I'm not going to get these people napkins. And the problem was, what would happen is the customers would come in, and they would be frustrated that there weren't napkins just placed in the thing on the table. All right? Now, how many of you are like that? I'm always asking for more napkins, mainly when you have a nose and a mouth as big as mine. There's a lot to wipe here. All right? But... Uh, the, the napkins, they changed their policy. That lasted for about a week. Because, you know, we, started, we just started taking, <laughs> we just started setting them out, I, I think, what some of the other people did. That company policy did not last very long. God is not going to change his counsel because somebody doesn't like the policy that he has set. God is not beholden to political parties. God's counsel is not going to change because of political pressure. His counsel is not going to change because somebody doesn't like it. So you can put your money on it that God's counsel will stand sure. And not only that, but God's counsel will stand and God can be sure that what he has said will come to pass. And you know, we could spend you know, hours searching the scriptures and looking at different prophecies that were fulfilled just in the life of Jesus Christ. How does he come out of Bethlehem and out of Egypt? Oh, well, God just makes it so that there's a tax that's passed and they have to go down to Egypt. And, and, and you know the account there in, in Luke chapter 2. Um, but look, look at what our text says here in, in Isaiah. Verse 11, uh, he has just said, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. God said, if it takes a ravenous bird... To accomplish my purpose, I love that. We there was a guy, there was a guy in college in my dorm. We called him the ravenous bird because he he asked a really dumb question in Bible class one day, and so we just started calling him the ravenous bird. Rav, you know what ravenous is? You think about a bird with rabies is kind of what I picture. You know, so you got this bird, he's foaming at the mouth, and uh, he's going. Ah, 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 ah. 
This bird, it's like out of his mind. He's like insane. He's a ravenous bird. And God says, and you and I would look at that bird and say, that bird needs to be put out of its misery, right? That bird needs to be shot. Somebody help, somebody help that guy. This ravenous bird, God says, that ravenous bird that everybody else discounts, that nobody else can use, if I want him to execute my counsel, I can do that. This man that cometh from a far country, there's no distance that's too great for God to see his will accomplished. So if it takes a ravenous bird, if it takes a man from a far country, God can do that. But his counsel will stand, his counsel will be executed. Case in point, look at the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. God had told us that there would be soldiers that parted his garments among them. God told us that he would be hanged on a tree. The, the, the scriptures told us prophecy after prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, as God died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, of which that was prophesied as well. And if it takes God dying on a cross for our sins, being buried and rising again from the dead to accomplish his purpose of salvation... God can do that, and we have seen from the Scriptures that He has. So we have a God that can execute His counsel. So what kind of counselor do we have? We have an amazing counselor that's never weary. He's the everlasting God. What kind of counsel does He give? He gives counsel that's true. He gives counsel that, that will, will stand and that you can bet your life on. Then where does He give this counsel? Where does He give this counsel? Do I have to listen to a radio station? Do I have to go to a certain office? Well, if you would, look with me at Psalm 119. Where do we find this counsel that he gives? Psalm 119 and verse 24. It's an amazing verse. The scripture here in this is such a short verse, but uh, listen, we'll read it twice. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. You know where this counsel is available? The mind of God for every issue of your life is available. Is it a financial issue? Is it a relationship issue? Is it, is it a family issue? Is it a school issue? Is it a boss issue? Is it a, a brother in Christ issue? What is going on in your life? He said, thy testimonies, they're my counselors. And um, two times in the Bible, the Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So you know what? The decisions that you and I make in life, teenager, everybody, look, uh, teenager, look up here. The more counselors you have for the decisions that you make in your life, the more safe the decisions that you make are going to be. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The decisions that you're making in your life, where you're going to college, you know, um, what you're going to do with your life, um, just even what, you, how, how, even the things that you do this upcoming week, the way that you live your life, the way that you live your life on your basketball team or with your teachers or with your coaches, are you making decisions based upon a multitude of counselors, or are you just kind of winging it and doing what you want? In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You want to make safe, right, godly decisions? Get in this book and see what his counsel is to you. Psalm 73, 24 says this, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. I love that because it made me think, okay, when, when does the counsel end? Uh, when you die. When you're received to glory, then you won't need, you know, then you'll be with God and you won't need his counsel. <laughs> you'll just be with him. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. That's Psalm seventy-three, twenty-four. So 
we saw what kind of counselor we have. We saw what kind of counsel he gives. We see where this counsel is available. But what if we don't listen to that counsel? What if, what if we don't like that counsel? Well, if you would, look with me at Psalm 1. And we'll see that there is counsel available that is ungodly counsel. Psalm 1, obviously many of you are familiar with the verse. Psalm 1 and verse 1 says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So there is counsel of the ungodly, and so often this is what we're bombarded with in our daily life, whether it be radio or television or somebody at work. There is counsel of the ungodly. Well, what if we reject God's counsel and go with the counsel of the ungodly? If you would, look with me at Psalm 106. We'll see a couple of examples here. Psalm 106. And there was a time in the life of the children of Israel that they rejected His counsel. Psalm 106, and uh, we'll start in verse 7. Uh, He says here, "...our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt." They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. As the waters covered their enemies, there was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise. Now, if the, if the chapter ended there, man, that would be a great, encouraging account, right? The problem is, they live their lives kind of like people do, like we do. And Sunday morning, you're like, man, God is so awesome. He's so great. And then Monday, you wake up, and the Bible says in verse number 13, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. You ever been watching a football game and the team is doing so great and then something happens at halftime and they just completely lose their minds. And you're going, you guys were doing so great. What are you doing? You know, now the Buckeyes, we just, they just kept going, just steamrolling yesterday. Hoorah. Verse 12, then believe they his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. Don't let that be your Monday or your Tuesday or your Wednesday or your Friday. They just, they just didn't heed his counsel. Look at verse 14. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. You know, many Christians have a lean soul because they will not follow the counsel of God. And God says, well, if, if you're so hard-pressed, that's what you want for your life. Well, law of sowing and reaping. And, and God will work through that law of sowing and reaping, allowing us some to reap consequences, to bring us back to Him. He's not giving up on us. I love it. The Bible says in Philippians that He ha- who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to give up on you. But He may send leanness to your soul. He, he may allow you to... Um, to reap some of these consequences. The scripture here says, uh, if you would look with me at Psalm 107 and verse 11. 
Psalm 107 and verse 11, the scripture here says, Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. You see, when we, anytime we reject or lay aside or contemn the counsel of God, we are going to suffer for it. We're going to reap consequences. But God's purpose in that is for us to cry out and say, God, yeah, I messed that up and I'm, you know, forgive me. And to get back right with Him. So what if I don't listen to His counsel? Look with me, if you would, at Proverbs chapter 1. And this is for the wicked. Those who are not saved, they reject God's counsel. And look at what God does. Uh, you know, we're going to start in verse number 25. Uh, this, this is an amazing passage. Look at verse 23. He says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You see the availability of his counsel? He's saying, I am ready to pour it out. The Bible says in James that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. God, get, He's willing to give it and not scold you for asking. So look at this. He's making it available to him. Verse 24, Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore... They shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So God's speaking there to the simple and to the fools. Remember, the Bible says the fool in his heart hath said there is no God. These are people that reject God, reject His counsel. And He says, when you destroy your life, I'm not going to expect anything else. You have rejected My counsel. And He actually says, I'm going to mock when your fear cometh. Amazing. But verse 43, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. You know, there is great reward. There's great blessing in just heeding the counsel of God. Charles Spurgeon said this, So sure as we do anything without asking counsel of God, we fall into trouble. Israel made a league with Gibeon, and it is said that they took of their victuals, and they asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord, and they found out that the Gibeonites had deceived them. If they had asked counsel first, no cunning deception could have imposed uh, on them in the matter. Saul, the son of Kish, died before the Lord upon the mountains of Gilboa, and in the book of Chronicles it is written, He died because he asked not counsel of God, but sought unto the wizards. Joshua, the great commander, he was when he was appointed to succeed Moses, was not to go, uh, was not left to go alone. But it is written, and Eliezer the priest shall be his counselor, and he shall ask counsel of the Lord for him. All the great men of olden times, when they were about to do an action, paused, and they said to the priest, "Bring hither the ephod." And he put on the urim and the thummim and appealed to God, and the answer came, and sound advice was vouchsafed. You and I will have to learn how necessary it is always to take the counsel of God. And I wish we had time this morning to look at those three examples of the Joshua and the children of Israel when they didn't ask counsel and they were deceived by and they made a league and God told them not to do that. And Saul there where he died 
And then over and over again where the priest would be asked, hey, seek counsel, ask God if we're going into this battle or should we even go? And God would give them the counsel when they asked for it. If you would, look with me at Psalm 16, 7. Psalm 16, 7. The scripture here says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. But I notice this. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. You know, no one has ever heeded God's counsel and said, well, pff, that wasn't worth it. Man, I really wish I hadn't followed that verse. Really wish I hadn't followed God in that situation. What does he say? I had God's counsel. I will bless the Lord. Man, praise God. I mean, I can't believe he has an answer for this. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. So my question to you this morning is this. Who is your counselor? Who is your counselor? Are you following the counsel of the ungodly? Or is the Lord Jesus Christ your counselor? As a believer, he's your counselor and you can run to him. And he's, he's all of these, these, uh, he has all of these attributes in his very nature that we looked at this morning. The everlasting God, the, the Prince of Peace, the one who will never weary, never uh, upbraid you for coming to him and asking him for wisdom. But if you're here this morning and, and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you need to realize you're following the counsel of the ungodly. If you've not come to Jesus Christ and placed your faith and trust in Him, believing that you're a sinner, that He died on the cross, was buried and rose again, that, that He as God died for you and rose from the dead. If you've not placed your faith and trust in Him for your salvation, man, somebody lied to you. And you're following the counsel of the ungodly. And that'll end in destruction. But God doesn't want that for you. That's why He died for you. And so you can come to Him. But this morning, who is your counselor? In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's amazing the God, the counsel that God's given us in His Word. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your love. Thank You so much for Your grace and all that You provided for us.